0: Ross Tucker football podcast. It is a wisdom Wednesday with my main man Andrew Brant. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. Albert Breer, not Andrew Brant. Albert Breer. You know, I had Sports Illustrated in my head, and I'm so used to having Andrew come on. No, just listen to Andrew Brant on the Business of Sports podcast. Listen to Albert Breer. They're both A-B initials on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. We don't edit. I'm not editing that. I don't care. I make mistakes sometimes. I do like nine podcasts a week. It happens. All you need to know is we're presented by DraftKings. Albert's the man. He'll be on momentarily. And we're going to have new winners this week. A Spread the Word winner via social media at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. A sponsor confirmation email winner, simply safe symbol which i love by the way and then the youtube shout out which a lot of people really enjoy youtube.com slash ross tucker nfl today's patron of the day we're racking up the patrons by the way people i know what you want you guys all want to see the even money bets in black and white today it's nathan o sullivan patreon.com rt media is how you become part of our private Tuckheads Slack channel, and how you end up getting all the even money bets. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, you read him every Monday morning at a minimum. At least you should. It's MMQB over at Sports Illustrated. But really, everything he writes is excellent. I think he's the best out there right now. That's my personal opinion. But when you combine the inside information, the insight, and the writing, I think he's the best guy out there. I think he's the best, and I read a lot. So you need to check him out on Twitter like I do, at Albert Breer. Albert, always great to have you on the show. Really appreciate the time. I want to start, I guess you kind of made news this week, or you were (laughs) in the news, for your comment on Mm -hmm. Trey Lance's reaction to Jimmy Garoppolo redoing his deal in San Francisco. I want to just kind of give you the floor. It feels like it's one of those where you kind of need the floor to explain, you know, where you're coming from and what happened.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I think word choice is obviously always important, right? Like I, it's what I do for a living. Um, You know, I say words, I report words, I write words. Um, And yeah, I I think my word choice, and and the only reason I think my word choice was poor here is I, I don't ever want to be climbing into a guy's head. And I think to some degree that's what I did um in in my column. And you know, full disclosure, that column is ten to fifteen thousand words a week. So there's just like a lot there. There are a lot of words there. And um, and so that's not an excuse at all. But um you know basically like what I had heard about the Trey Lance situation and the communication between the Niners and Trey Lance um was there was a very open line of communication. And the Niners worked hard to make sure that he was on top of everything they did. He was the first person they went went to with the idea um, after Jimmy Garoppolo himself. um, The idea of bringing Jimmy Garoppolo back as the backup. And I had heard it was just complicated news for Trey to take. And it was something that he had to process. And, you know, I think. I think that it's natural that that was difficult news for him to take. Now, do I know that Trey was, quote unquote, annoyed without climbing into his head and putting him on the record? I can't say 100%. I know that he was annoyed. What I do know is it was difficult news for him to take the way that things had gone the previous six months. And so as I was writing it, I put a word in there that I think was maybe taking a small leap and saying going from that was difficult news for him to take and something he had to process to he was actually annoyed by it. Um, so that was sort of where the disconnect was. I don't think this was like totally clean. And that, that's why I wrote it the way I wrote it. Um, that said, I do think the, the Niners' ability to get in front of this was huge. And the fact that the Niners were methodical in the way that they communicated this to people in their building was really, really important to give them, giving themselves any chance at all to make what could be what would be um, an awkward situation if they didn't do it that way, workable. And now they go forward. Will it work? I'm not sure. Um, But, you know, certainly I think it's an example of them trying to make it the best of a situation that didn't go the way that anybody planned for it. The Niners had planned to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. They wanted picks for Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo wanted to start somewhere else. um, And because of the shoulder injury, that whole situation was complicated, meaning there was complicated news to give Trey Lance when it came to their solution for all this. And it was complicated news for Trey Lance to take. I don't ever want to guess on what a guy's, uh, guy's emotions were. I think it was, but but, I, but what I can say definitively and what people the people have told me is that it was complicated news for him to take.
0: Okay, there's a lot there. So first of all,
2: so you know, sorry, if you want one, me to like do my data dump there, there's my data. dump. No,
0: no, that was great. First of all, um, you're right. Unless you spoke to him or unless someone else used the word annoyed, I get it. Guess what? I'm sure he wasn't happy about it. Yeah. It would be a little bit weird if he was happy. About and by the way, it. That, doesn't mean he likes about the, it,
2: that doesn't mean he doesn't like Jimmy either. It's just being annoyed with a situation. You know what I mean? I, I'm talking about it. From a former
0: player standpoint. Mm -hmm. And if you are Trey Lance, you feel a lot better about your backup being Nate Sudfeld or Brock Purdy than you do your backup being Jimmy Garoppolo because you know what Jimmy's done for the franchise. You know he's been the guy. You know the other guys on the team like him. It makes it a little bit harder for you to kind of take over and be the man and you also realize boy if I don't get off to a good start you know there's a chance they could sit me and go back to Jimmy I don't care what Trey Lance says publicly my personal opinion is it would almost be weird if he was thrilled with the situation
2: yeah I agree with that it's like if you start dating a girl and her ex boyfriend hasn't moved out yet, right? <laughs> I mean, it's awkward. I, I mean, it's and, not and, good. I, like, I don't care what I, they say. And look, like we, we we can look at these situations. What did the Chiefs do in two thousand and eighteen? Moved on from Alex Smith. They traded and him aggressively. That happened during Super Bowl week. Do you remember that? Yes. Like they traded him during Super Bowl week. What did the What did the ravens do with joe flacco after lamar jackson had taken over at the end of that year they moved joe flacco so i think it's yeah i mean i i think without question there's an awkwardness to it um but this is a very different situation that's the other part of it you know and i think that when john lynch and kyle shanahan were looking at this situation and i think you have to almost look at this like i think you have to like almost look at like jimmy garoppolo as an asset here right and they thought earlier in the offseason they were going to get the Alex Smith return that the Niners got in 2000 and what would it have been 2000 and um 13 when they traded Alex Smith to the to the not to the Chiefs two second round picks that's what they wanted so because of the shoulder surgery that return wasn't there and so they hold on to him and they think okay we'll get to training camp and then after two or three weeks of training camp There's going to be some material change to some quarterback situation, whether a team doesn't like its quarterback situation after seeing guys in camp or there's an injury, there's going to be some material change somewhere else. And someone's going to get get desperate and someone's going to throw us a draft. pick. Then that doesn't happen. And now you're like three weeks from the opener. You've got Jimmy Garoppolo over there on a side field working out and you're thinking to yourself, what are we going to do about this? All right. You can wait until the Saturday before the season starts and let him go. And then what? Well, then maybe he just goes to Seattle, right? You don't get anything in return. Is that the best situation? Or do you go to him and you say, listen, let's see if we can extend this window out a couple months. Let's see if there that material change might happen to a quarterback situation somewhere in September or October. Let's give you the opportunity to control it with a no trade clause, right? So we're not going to send you somewhere you don't want to go. And even if it doesn't work out, if there's an injury here, two, three games, you have to play, right? Like if Trey gets hurt and you have to go in there for a couple of weeks, well, what better situation is there going to be for you to showcase yourself for what you can be in 2023 for some team than right here in an offense, you know, throwing to George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayoub. And so... Then, you know, you look at it from the Niners perspective. It's like if there is a material change somewhere at the quarterback position and you can trade him before the end of October. Great. If not, you have great insurance for what you think is a championship level roster. And then he leaves in March and you get a comp pick back. So you could get a third round pick back for Jimmy Garoppolo just by sitting there and waiting something that you weren't going to get at the end of August or beginning of September. And then again, for Jimmy, it's like the opportunity maybe to showcase himself. So, I I mean, look, like it's not ideal. What's ideal is Jimmy doesn't need shoulder surgery in the first place, or maybe Jimmy doesn't wait the six weeks to get the shoulder surgery. You can offload him. You get picks. Jimmy's a starter somewhere else. Everybody walks away happy. That just wasn't the Niners reality in August. And so that's what got them to the point they were at where they first sat down with Jimmy and talked to Jimmy about working on this creatively, then went to Trey, and confronted the situation with Trey, and then ultimately went to the leadership council and went and talked to those guys about it, making clear to everybody Trey was the starter. But I'm with you 100 percent in the fact that the fact that he's sitting there, like if Trey doesn't play well through the first month of the season, could certainly make things awkward, and that's the risk you take.
0: The only part of it that I, I think is a little curious is I, I, I think it's interesting that Jimmy didn't say, "Nah, just cut me." And so I know, he could and that part free of and go wherever too. he wanted to go. I, that's the only part of it that I thought was I was a little surprised that Jimmy just said, no, I'd rather just be a free agent now and be able to pick where I want to go now for the money I want to get now, you know, and, and not be here in this awkward backup situation.
2: I think that's one part of it that everyone is overlooking, Ross, right? Because all he had to do, think about it, all he had to do was sit there. They weren't going to pay him $24 million, Right. Like all he had to do was say, no, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to make you make a decision and you're either going to pay me $24 million or you're going to give me my freedom. You have a choice. And he could have done that. And I think ultimately for Jimmy, the opportunity to lock in $7 million for this year, which he may not have gotten somewhere else. I mean, I don't know. Like he may not have gotten that somewhere else. Right. And then like have, you know, the incentives where you can take that number higher and have some certainty for 2022. Yeah, I think at least, at the very least, it's not the worst situation in the world for him. Whereas, like say he goes and signs to be a backup somewhere and then some other team has a quarterback injury in three weeks. Like then what? You know what I mean? At least now he knows he's with a team that's going to work to trade him if there is an opportunity out there so i just think it was the reality of the the reality that there really wasn't a starting job that he that there wasn't a starting job out there for him and you know cleveland seattle to me like those would have been the ones that would have made sense like the most sense um but clearly jimmy saw something in in san francisco that made him think, like, this is going to be a better situation for me right now. And I can't say definitively that Seattle or Cleveland would have signed him. I'm just saying as far as, like, the path to getting on the field, it would have been much, much cleaner in those places. What do you make, Albert, of Tom Brady's time away? I mean,
0: I know there are reports out there Mm -hmm. about what he did. There are reports out there about why he did it. I am having a little bit of a tough time with it in the sense that you know, for however many years, Albert, I've told people what he's like. I was teammates with him in 05 mm-hmm. and 06. I've said he's a psycho. I've <laughs> said – and I mean that as a compliment. Yeah, no, I've I have said he's totally committed. You know, he's got a couple new receivers in Julio Jones and Russell Gage. He's got a new center that's never played center before in his second year. He's got a rookie left guard. Him taking 10 days off during the middle of training camp, you know – there's part of me as a former player that just thinks it's amazing. Like suppose he went to the Bahamas, like, can you, I mean, think about how good you have to be to just go to the Bahamas for 10 days (laughs) during training camp and and get away with it. But the flip side is, you couldn't
2: Ross, you couldn't get away with that. (laughs) uh, No,
0: they would have been like, just stay in the Bahamas, just stay there. But, but I, uh, I, it, it's just very out of character for him. Yeah. And it, I can't I can't say he's all in for this year. I can't say you know. that he's dedicated. Or, you know, you just can't say that if a guy takes 10 days off in the middle of training camp with a bunch of new pieces
2: like this. Yeah, there are two pieces to this to me. Um, you know, and I, the, the first one is just sort of where he is um at his age, right? And like I was at um yeah, like I was at 24 training camps and so many of them now have players being paced through training camp like vet days like and these are guys in like their late 20s you know being on like a two days on one day off schedule like tom brady is like a generational generation older than those guys that are getting the vet days you know what i mean he's 15 years older than some guys who are like getting paced through training camp you know so there's part of me that's like well if that guy can afford to take one day off here one day off there then I mean, can Tom Brady afford to take ten? Probably, right? And like, I think about Brett Favre. And do you know when he showed up to Vikings training camp in two thousand and in two thousand and uh, and nine? No, three weeks and five days before the opener. It was the middle of August. New teammates, new coaches, new city. Like, I was literally getting like off the tractor and Brett Favre joined the Vikings 3 weeks and 5 days before their season opener. They started the season 6 and 0. They finished at 12 and 4. He was an MVP candidate. They made it to the NFC title game. So my point is 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 this workable? Yes it is. Which brings me to the second part of it. I'm with you. He sounds different. Like you never heard him putting a finite like endpoint on his career. It sounds like he's doing it now. You hear him talking about divided divided priorities like it's just if you've heard a guy talk one way for such a long time and you want to give him the benefit of the doubt because no one's ever played this long at a position like in a position like that right so this is a total outlier case to begin with but I'm with you like it is a little jarring to hear the way he's talking and to hear how different the way he's like his tone the content of what he's saying it sounds so different than it did before. And it does make you wonder, like, does he have second thoughts about all of this? And I, you know, I just think of that six week period when he was like, quote unquote, retired. And, you know, I, you know, obviously everybody else I'd heard about the Miami thing and I'd heard San Francisco had sort of left the light on for him. And like, there were these other options out there where, I think maybe he felt like at the time maybe the Bucs will do me a solid the same way, say, New England did Gronk a solid two years earlier where New England said, you know what, you've accomplished a lot for us. If we can get some value back for you, we're going to help facilitate a trade and we're going to get you to Tampa because you've done so much for us. I think that maybe Brady thought that the the Bucks would do that for him, and I think that's where you saw the Bucks, where their messaging at the combine, if you go back and look at it, was so forceful. Right, Bruce Arians saying it'd take five first-round picks to get Tom Brady out of here. Jason Light saying we're leaving the door open for him to return. Their messaging at the at at at, at the combine was so much, like if he's playing anywhere, it's going to be here. And so you sort of wonder how maybe that sent things sideways a little bit, where the Bucks. Could get him back, but they needed to move heaven and earth to make it happen.
0: Last question, Albert. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. What's going to happen, man? I mean, we're, I think they set the opener as the deadline, right? We're kind of yeah. coming up against it. Is this going to get done, or is this going to be hanging over his
2: head all season? Man, I don't know. I mean, it feels to me like a battle of wills to some degree. I, I had a really smart executive say to me a few years ago, our job isn't to give a player what he's worth our job isn't to give a player what he thinks we should give him. Our player, our job is to give, our job is to get to a number that a player can't say no to. Right. And so that's where I think the like subject of guaranteed quarterback, guaranteed contracts for quarterback goes where like Kirk cousins does his deal in 2018. And back then, if you talk to agents teams, what they would all tell you is this only becomes a trendsetter. If the next ones look the same way. Well, then Matt Ryan does a conventional quarterback contract. Aaron Rodgers does a conventional quarterback. Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. And so now Kirk Cousins isn't the trendsetter, it's the outlier. Same thing with Deshaun Watson, right? Deshaun Watson does his deal. Well, since then, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray have all done conventional quarterback contracts. And the reason why is because those teams were able to get to a number that those quarterbacks could not say no to right that's why Lamar is so interesting he's always done things differently and he said no a bunch already like my understanding is last year they were willing to as far as raw dollars go were willing to match the Josh Allen number and he was willing to say no to that not a lot of guys at Lamar's age are willing to sort of stand on principle and say no in these sorts of situations to those sorts of numbers and so that's what's fascinating about this is last year for the first time you always hear about like how his playing style is eventually going to catch up with him. Well, last year for the first time he actually got hurt in a way that it took him off the field for an extended period of time. So most players would feel their football mortality in this that situation. Does Lamar? I don't know. Does Lamar now feel that when it comes to what the Ravens are going to push across the table as a final offer before the season starts? I don't know. Lamar's always done things differently. It's part of what makes him special as a football player, I think. And it's part of what makes this situation so unpredictable. Check him out on Twitter, at Albert Breer. He's the man. I, I I
0: could talk to you every week. Thank you so much, man. Excellent insight across the board. Always great being with you, Ross. You know what's not great? Not feeling secure in your own house. Not feeling protected. And I can tell you, for me, it's about simply safe. Because it's Simply Safe. Your safety is the only thing that matters. It's cutting edge technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. So you always know your home is safe. Look, you guys follow me on social media at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter and Instagram. You see that I travel on the weekends. Thank goodness for a security system like Simply Safe for my family. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at slash tucker Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit slash tucker to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe.
1: Hey, Ross, let's start today uh, with some news out of Pittsburgh. Two items. First, Mitchell Trubisky, officially named the starting quarterback. And Franco Harris' number 32 is going to be retired this year.
0: So not surprised about Trubisky because this was really the only way to go in my mind. You can't start with Pickett because if he struggles, you don't want to be benching your first-round pick and putting the veteran in. You go with the veteran. You hope he plays well. As long as he's playing well, he stays in there. Team's winning, great. If he struggles, then that's a different scenario. And at that point, then you go with the young guy, who they've now made the backup as well, by the way. They flop with Mason Rudolph. By the way, I pointed out on Twitter yesterday, at Ross Tucker NFL, it is kind of interesting that Mason Rudolph was the backup in Pittsburgh for three years to a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. That guy retired, and now Mason Rudolph's third string. It's like planes, trains, and automobiles. He's going the wrong way. Um, there's nothing. Look, I don't even think Mason Rudolph did anything wrong. I think Trubisky and Pickett did things right, and I think clearly the Steelers feel like those guys are better options as starters than Rudolph. It's so funny, by the way, because I tweeted that. And like people are like looking for hidden meanings and is he supporting Rudolph? And what does this mean? You know, that sometimes a tweet is just a funny observation, you know, and, and nothing else as for Franco Harris. It's 50 years, Brad, 50 years since the immaculate reception, which is pretty unbelievable, which I think is why they're retiring this year when they play the Raiders. So, Good for Frank O'Hara. I think he's only the third stealer to get his jersey retired. It's hard to retire that many jerseys in the NFL because there's only so many that are eligible for certain numbers. I know like the Eagles, nobody wears 92 or 99 for Reggie White, Jerome Brown. You can't do that with too many guys. Ducks
1: Lions. What you can call him Mr. Vitae goes on IR. means he's out at least four games. Panthers sign Henry Anderson and Preston Wilson, uh, Preston Williams, excuse me. Uh, and the Eagles usually part ways with veteran safety Anthony Harris.
0: So uh, Halapauti, I think Halapauti Vitae was the right guard for the Lions, played really well last year, I thought. He's out at least four games because he's on IR. Henry Anderson's a player I've always liked for Carolina. gives him depth on the D line the mutually parting ways with Anthony Harris is interesting because I think what that tells you is the Eagles probably wanted Anthony Harris on their practice squad and Anthony Harris didn't really want to be on their practice squad. What I don't really understand is, you know, at any point, if another team wanted to sign him, he could leave the Eagles practice squad and go sign with them. So I have to assume that Anthony Harris is the one that asked for this? Because if you're the Eagles, why wouldn't you want Anthony Harris on your practice squad? I'm assuming Anthony Harris asked for this and got it. But if he doesn't sign with another team, I don't really see what he gained other than missing out on 15 to 19 grand a week, which is what a player with his years of service would get on practice squad.
1: It's Vadi. What did I say? I think he missed the Vadi part at the end.
0: Halapulavati. Sorry. Sorry. Ducks All
1: right, moving on. Commanders named Ryan Kerrigan, assistant D line coach. And the Giants announced Mike Kafka is going to call plays.
0: So, by the way, in Philly, they call him Big V for Vitae. Not Mr. Vitae. They just call him Big V. Um,
1: I was being more formal, giving him a little more respect. That's all.
0: Yeah, it's Kafka, not Kafka. Mike Kafka. There's potato, no way you potato. would know that. He was Northwestern's quarterback, by the way, when my wife was in business school at Kellogg Northwestern after I retired. Kafka comes over from the Chiefs. Very interesting. He's getting the chance to call plays because part of the reason why the Giants hired Brian Dayball is because he did such a good job calling plays in Buffalo. So uh, very, very interesting situation there. We'll see how Kafka does. And I'm a little surprised, Kerrigan wanted to uh, be a coach right away usually guys want to like just take a year off get away from it for a year but Kerrigan I guess felt like hey I have this opportunity I don't know when I'll get but he could probably get hired as an assistant D line coach whenever he wanted you know I know guys have gotten right into it like him and they question themselves because they 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 don't really know what it's like to not be in it so that's something to watch with Karen let's do an email Brian
1: wanted to ask an nfl player a question well here's your
0: chance it's time to ask ross so the email address is ross at ross tucker.com we don't get to as many emails as i would like because i think it's actually great content for the show number one i love that you guys take advantage of the sponsors because that's the only way we have sponsors if you do that number two i love your questions your comments and reacting to them what do you got brian
1: key part of the saint's 2009 Super Bowl Championship run was a defensive player who I'm not going to name because he's incarcerated for committing some terrible crimes. But this player had a remarkable season with nine interceptions that year, including three pick sixes. He had another pick six that was nullified by a penalty. I remember reading that this player kept extensive notes on every quarterback he had played against or was scheduled to play against. Is that level of detail and preparation common in the NFL, and how did you prepare to face specific opponents? Uh, That is from Russell.
0: Big fan of Russell, who's a big-time Saints fan. And, yeah, I'm uh, I'm as stunned about that player and his terrible crimes as anyone. You know, um, I don't know that I had extensive notes on every defensive lineman, but I certainly that week prepared pretty darn hard and had a good feel for exactly what to expect from from the guys I was going against that week. And I do think there are players that keep notes like this on guys they go against. Like an offensive tackle, having notes on defensive ends. I don't know to the extent that uh this player did russell um, but I, I i i would not say it's common but i would also not say it's totally abnormal if that makes sense i would say it's few and far between is probably the way i would describe it to have that level of notes shout outs to pizza boy brewing sporticulture humanheadnyc.com steakhouse sports.com go-bangles.com evergreen economics my front story.com greatest gift ever and make sure you're following at ross tucker nfl and at ross tucker pod on twitter and instagram for some giveaways other than that i think we're done here thanks for listening to the ross tucker football podcast